It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as Shin Ultraman, Gemini Man, and Sister Street Fighter hanging by a thread. to mention uh, some of the movies that we saw recently together. Go ahead. Yeah, because for most of last year, we didn't really see too many movies uh, together in the theater, but we did go see just recently Shin Ultraman. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> uh, so I was, I think it was like in December, I was looking at, you know, some of the more, the next movie releases. And it was either in like on the website or in person at uh, Colossus. And one of the new films that was going to come out in January was something called Shin Ultraman. And I didn't hear about this, or maybe, yeah, I don't, yeah, no, up until that point I didn't know what that was. Turns out, to my suspicion, it was indeed by Hideaki Anno, after coming off the success of Thrice Upon a Time, uh, which I still have yet to see. Um, It is in the same vein as... Shin Godzilla from 2016, or I guess 2015 if you're in Japan. Um, we have Shin Ultraman uh, from 2022, I guess, but 2023 for us here. And I forget his co-producer, but also his best friend um, from or writer, excuse me, of Shin Godzilla. He directed it this time, and Hideaki Anno was the one that wrote it as well. Uh, he directed it, and yeah, it's basically a compilation of the very first Ultraman series in a movie. Updated, of course. At least that's my description. Caleb, what's your description of this movie? Yeah, I, I don't think I know enough about that original Ultraman series. Um, I come in more with more experience with Ultra Q, which I guess is technically, technically the first Ultraman series, although Ultraman doesn't appear in it. And then Ultra 7, which I think is the third. So I've seen quite a bit of those, but yeah, I don't know that 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 second season. Um, but yeah, it definitely captures the the essence much more than I would say uh, Shin Godzilla does. Shin Godzilla feels like it's really kind of bringing something new and trying to create more of a modern a modern reincarnation, I guess you could say, of the the Godzilla, the kind of horror of it. This one just feels like it's just um, almost a like a nostalgia piece. Like it's just yeah, kind of recycling a lot of the Ultraman stuff and and bringing this kind of uh, more modern sheen to it, but it still very much feels like the same program. The same type of humor. It's not the same type of effects, but it has the sheen of the old effects, if that makes sense. And it's, yeah, it's just a 
a ton of fun. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I just love the whole vibe of it. I don't know what... To, <laughs> it's been a while since we saw it. So I'm just trying to piece together my thoughts. But yeah, I, I, I came out really positive. But definitely, uh, if you're a fan of Shin Godzilla, don't go in expecting the same thing. Because it's, it's, it's completely different. Which is funny, because I sort of did. And then the movie did that for like the first 10 or 20 minutes. And then went in a whole different direction. I'm like, okay. Let's go. Uh, so my initial thoughts with the when I came out of the film, I was like, I kind of want to see, like, I know the CGI is all intentional and whatnot, and there was like action, but it was a lot more talky. But that's that's fine because they were going for something there. Some of the effects in some of the recent Ultraman series have actually been really good. Like, have actually been really awesome. So I'm like, kind of want to just go watch Ultraman after this, because. I know this movie kind of reaffirms and places Ultraman as relevant nowadays as he was in the 1960s, but, like, even still, I'm like, no, 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 I kind of want to go watch, like, it makes me want to go watch, like, other Ultraman series, because mm -hmm. while it, you'd think, like, oh, it's on the big screen, so that means they're going to have a really, like, high budget and have these insane choreographed fight scenes. I mean, yeah, the fight scenes are pretty cool. But I actually think they're, like, either on par or similar to some of the Ultraman TV series stuff. Like, hmm. you know, current ones or ones from the new 10s. It sounds so bad. This is, this is like, philosophizing for, like, two-ish hours about, like, why Ultraman's relevant, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and it feels like it's trying to uh, kind of uh, explain the flavor of the old series to a new audience without... Um... You know, having to deal with some of the more shoddy effects stuff and the, oh, certainly. the more corny look. But it, it definitely captures that vibe. Even though they do have some of those shoddy effects intentionally, even though they don't have to do that, they do have some of that stuff, which is, I think, pretty cool. Um, again, it, it, this, is a, this is a movie made by fans that yeah. are appreciating um, the stuff that came originally. So it's basically like, well, I guess if I could say it, both Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman are better remakes and or updates to movies and or characters than I guess the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. Yes. Like, <laughs> both of them feel true to their franchises. Even though you could say like, well, both are like both Godzilla and uh, Ultraman, they're both uh, what do you call it? They're both in... Um, they they kind of both retell a similar story to like their, their original versions, so like, you know, it's Ultraman com mm -hmm. compressing down the first like season of it like into a two-ish hour movie where there's like three parts to it um, and then you do that with Shin Godzilla where it's like a Again, it's just Godzilla, and he's attacking Tokyo. But if you watch, if you somehow were able to, well, I think it's, I think it's available somewhere. If you watch all of Ultraman that for the season it's adapting, and then you watch original Godzilla, then you watch like episode four, five, and six, because I think seven is actually a <laughs> secretly a remake of all three of those films. <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. Um, 
you you definitely say that Godzilla and Ultraman are the better of like the three or yeah out of the three. Yeah. Um, when it when it comes to when it when it comes to updating the the updating the the ideas of the, the previous films, while being films themselves. Yeah, they feel like um, they don't feel like remakes, even though in, in a way you could say they are. It feels like they're c- capturing the the essence of what it was. Precisely. Yeah, recontextualizing or, yeah, however you want to say it, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, however, however it is, but yeah, I I agree with that. Um, yeah, even remember when the um uh, when when his when his partner when she is like abducted and then like she's <laughs> turned into like a giant or a kaiju, yep. excuse me. That was actually in the original series. I didn't even know that until I watched the video. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I didn't realize. Yeah, I was like, oh man, that's really cool, actually. Um, even like the footsteps, like even a lack of footsteps, excuse me, also occurred in that. Yeah, and um, the uh, the Ultraman and Ultra Q, they would always use like either like paint or things like that or like little blocks to form out the, the Ultraman logo. I love that they did that. At the start of the movie, I thought that was very true to Ultraman. And even the whole, uh, their little introductory introductory section where they were kind of detailing the back backstory of uh, how we got to this point with all the kaijus coming and stuff like that, and it was in black and white. That was all just uh, basically taking footage from the original Ultra Q series, but then remaking it. Yes. But, so it was like the same shots and stuff, just redone. I, I thought that was really great attention to detail who was the first kaiju by the way oh i don't don't remember which one was the first one that we saw it was a shoddy version of oh uh, yes totally disguised shoddy version of shin godzilla with a horn that was incredibly funny yes because that that, was so funny yeah because that original monster was just an old godzilla suit so the fact they did it with shin godzilla that's just so clever that is (laughs) especially since the same guys (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was so awesome. I was like, you guys did it. You guys, oh, you guys hit the marker right. You hit the bullseye. Perfect. And I've actually thought about including some of the, uh, the Ultra Q series because so much of that first season is filled with um, Toho Kaijus that the EG Tsuburaya just redressed for that. Uh, and sometimes not even redressing like Manda just appears just as Manda in that uh, that series. Okay. <laughs> Insider Baseball. Are we doing Singular Point? Yeah, in fact, we even discussed that in one of the episodes that I listened to not too long ago, or edited. Okay, so here's my thought. We put it on the other channel, because why the flip not? Well, it's, it's, yeah, well, it's kind of got to be part of the Monster Mash series. I guess it does, you're not wrong, but, like, I had no problem with doing all of Ultraman Q. From, like, episode one to whenever it ends. Because, like, it's only 24 minutes. That's the mm-hmm. best part. And same with, um, same with, uh, what's it called? Singular Point. Or wait, is that 48 minutes? I don't remember now. No, that one's, like, 20, 20-something as well. So, whatever. We'll, we'll discuss that more. But, like, I am in no, I, I absolutely am all for watching more of that stuff. Because it's sure. awesome. Heck, if you want to watch, like, you know, Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, I have no problem with that either. Oh, yes, and all. Getting back to the episode. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and I did want to mention uh, for this, this Shin Ultraman, you said that you found out about it when Cineplex had put it up. Yep. 
I'm surprised. Maybe maybe I just never mentioned it, but yeah, it was announced around like t late 2018 that they were going to be doing a trilogy, and Shin Ultraman was going to be the next one, and then the last one's going to be Shin uh, Kamen Rider. So. So here's what I found out: is that there's apparently a shared universe. Otto's done it. He's he he somehow combined. He's he somehow put rebuild of Evangelion. So shit, because like, apparently like the last film, Threats Upon a Time, is called Shin Evangelion. And then oh. there's Shin Godzilla, and there's Shin Ultraman, and there's Shin Kamen Rider. I have a problem with hyping things up, I fully admit. Like, I seriously, seriously, seriously still want to see a live-action adaptation of the Django uh, meets, what is it, um, um, Zoro. I want to see that. I want to see that badly. I want to see another King Kong versus Godzilla. I now want to see, even if it's not a movie, somehow... Actually, I do want it to be a movie. I want to see... I don't care how they do it. This is literally the Alien versus Predator versus the Terminator at this point. Hmm. And crossovers are a joke at this point, And they're awful. But I think... Ano has the sensibilities to do this. I want to see those four... Okay, I really do sound like a spoiled brat. I'm so sorry. I don't want to come across that. But I would love to see... Excuse me. <laughs> highly suggesting... Highly asking for... A crossover between... Like Shin Evangelion, Godzilla, Ultraman, and Kamen Rider. Because that would be awesome. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. But again, don't listen to fans... That's what burnt Ono out in the first place. <laughs> and don't worry, if that never happens, that's okay. Real shame, though, but it's perfectly fine. Yeah, and unfortunately it wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily uh, be likely to happen considering all the different rights, since they're not all owned by the same... Uh... In fact, I think all of them are different studios, I think. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't this... Was this Toho? No, it wasn't. No, it's uh, Tsuburaya... Uh, studios i believe oh yeah okay because yeah remember that's why uh zone fighter exists because eg Subaraya left toho and started his own company that's right and so toho was like oh fuck there's there's taking money from us quick throw some together thank you for that reminder that's uh, 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 sorry that did not sound sarcastic but yeah thank you for that reminder that's <laughs> that's true i forgot about that yeah and i don't remember who made uh common rider i don't really know too much about that franchise it is not a knockoff of Super Sentai. I want. I swear, it's probably the same company. I hope. Maybe I'm wrong. So many like fans are wanting to crucify me, which is totally fine. <laughs> I accept the crucifixion. Yeah, I did want to say. Uh, I saw that Anna was actually directing that last one. Yes, he is, which is going to be good. So that's nice. Yeah. Certainly excited for that. But back to Ultraman. No, um, it honestly feels like a Superman film. I said to you this after the theater, and I'm going to say it again. This feels like the best Superman adaptation I've seen in a long time. Yeah, no, I could see it. I could see some uh, some definite connections. Yeah, it kind of feels like All-Star Superman in a, in a way. Maybe, maybe not, but like certainly the first Donner Superman is what it's kind of like similar to. And yeah, it somehow kind of got the character right than Zack Snyder's adaptation. Don't worry. Adaptation. It's okay. Yeah, and I, uh, 
I think even though yeah, some of the CGI was not great, uh, for whatever reason it still worked, and I think where it mattered, like the Ultraman himself, I think all that stuff looked quite good. It was just some of the some of the, the monsters that looked a little bit less polished. Yeah, you mean you're not just talking about the kaiju, but the three main antagonists? Um, mainly the like the one off kaijus. Yeah. Okay. I think the three main antagonists looked just decent enough. I actually wondered if with the kaijus they were making them look kind of intentionally not rendered properly. They were actually trying to make it work to so that it looked like it was a throwback to when you know the actual like suits didn't look as uh, well. They, they looked like jank and were scuffed yeah. like <laughs> back in the day. With this director, I wouldn't be surprised. He did seem to le lean into that kind of yeah really wanting to emulate that show even when it came just down to the the sound mix like we had this one alien villain who looked very comical i think me and you were both laughing the first time we saw him he had like his little trench coat on and his hat oh yeah and they put the uh his audio way forward in the track and they would always do that on that old show whenever there were those those aliens it would always be like way way forward compared to everything else so i thought nice. that was really cool attention to detail Oh, but do you feel like you have much more on, on that one there? Yeah, I don't have much else to say other than, like, I freaking loved it, and I would highly recommend it, and I can't wait for it to come out on home video. Yeah, me too. Definitely. So it uh, it comes with a strong recommendation for me, and it's... Is it a turn your brain off, or is it a, like, uh, pay attention movie? It's a mix of both. It is. Because it leads into... Uh... The absurdity of some science fiction television with all the uh, nonsense um, uh, exposition dumps. Like, there's tons and tons of scenes, just like in Shin Godzilla, where there's just quick-fire dialogue, people just going around shooting out all these ideas. But unlike Shin Godzilla, where a lot of that stuff, stuff felt intentionally, like, detailed and, and thought out, this one it felt more, like, thought out in terms of just throwing out kind of silly bits so like almost uh nonsense science jurgen or jargon <laughs> jurgen yeah a lot of like techno <laughs> jurgen um <laughs> a lot of techno babble techno babble thank you yeah tons and tons of that and to uh comedic extents so yeah but like i like i said before i think they do at least put ultraman under a microscope and actually you know give him some character which is which is nice Yes, no, that's that's definitely true. So you will not be missing characters. And there are some, like, you know, there's, there's like, maybe some stock character types, but I think that's intentional, especially since, again, if you're dealing with tokusatsu stuff, that's kind of the point. There's always, like, stock characters. It's just how you, like, you know, write them. Yeah, and, and yeah, I would also definitely recommend it, but do temper your expectations if you're expecting Shin Godzilla, because... Yeah, I mean, they're they're two very different franchises, and they both have their strong suits, and this one leans into a different type of strong suit. Yeah, I agree, and I like it. I actually do like that. The, he starts, like I said, he starts out with Shin Godzilla, but then goes into something else completely different. So I think I think it's completely appropriate. Yeah, and even though these technically aren't um, like actually connected in the same world, they do enough to make it have the same flavor. And there's that one character, or at least one actor, 
that uh, I don't know if he's playing the same character, but he comes in playing a very similar type of position in the government, and th that felt like a very clear kind of thread between the two of yeah. them. Yeah, it's a different prime minister as well, so yeah. other than the, um, how I put this, the guy with the glasses, not, not that guy, but the, the guy with the glasses in Shin Godzilla, if you remember him, he was kind of like the ally to, uh, the, well, later ally, he was actually one of the guys who doubted him, but then later on he kind of um, relented and was like, all right, you, you seem to know what you're doing, so like... You and your team seem to know what you're doing, so I'm going to ally myself with you and give you some advice. He comes back, which I loved. I was like, I was really hoping yep. that there would be like a returning character or something like that. So I'm like, very good. That guy was great, even though he kind of agreed with that treaty with that one alien, but whatever. I guess yeah. it, it happened. <laughs> but I really am hoping he played uh, that part in uh, the same part and the same character in this movie. And then he returns for um, Common Rider when that comes out. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess also one last thing though. I, I I guess I'll have to say we watched the subtitled version, so the the actual like Japanese track. I I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah. I don't know what the English dub is like. I, pick your poison. I I recommend the Japanese dub. But that's just me. Yeah, I, I can occasionally with animes be a little bit more. Uh open to just watching dubs but when it comes to live action i i'm 100 across the board go with the uh the original language sometimes with the classic godzilla stuff it can be fun to see uh the american one is like a supplemental material but i'd always recommend going with the japanese the first even though that's not how i grew up with a lot of those those toho ones the original uh or show i should say ones <laughs> But that wasn't because of choice. That was just what was available. Listen, if you want to have like a fun night with like some some drugs, some alcohol, some cigarettes, and other you know goodies, um, watch yeah, watch a, an American dubbed Godzilla film, like uh, old one. Sorry, you'll you'll certainly be uh, hooting and hollering. Yeah, and especially for the really bad ones like uh, Godzilla's Revenge. I mean, you're not going to get anything really different. You know, you're, I mean, you're not going to get a substantial improvement watching the Japanese. So just go with the American one because it's just hilariously terrible. But, but I did have another movie I wanted to mention. Uh, this one will probably be relatively brief because it's been a while since I watched it. Let's hear it, sir. Go ahead. What did you watch, Caleb? Well, but last year they released uh, in October the new Hellraiser movie. Ah. It was, uh, it was a Hulu exclusive. So for the longest time... I couldn't uh, watch it, and I, I, every other week I would look. I'd be like, okay, I really want to see this. For whatever reason, I'm a Hellraiser fan, even though that franchise is, I mean, filled to the brim with just horrible movies. You can't even believe how bad that franchise gets. But for whatever reason, I'm always hopeful that the next one's going to be good. And this time, they actually, this time it was actually good. I was stunned. This may be the most competent Hellraiser movie ever made um I, I think i still like the first one a little bit more but this one had so many cool ideas so many new inventions for the series that we'd never seen before and yeah just to see them finally take it seriously and give us something worthwhile was uh really stunning and really exciting as a hellraiser fan which i don't even know what the hellraiser fan is because who's a fan of this franchise it's a terrible franchise but yet here i am <laughs> Um, and uh, I'll say uh, I think 
that it's the best looking Hellraiser movie, easily, and got a, quite a good cast. And this one also got some weird woke complaints because the uh, the new Pinhead was played by a transgender actor. And I think that that element worked really well too. I, I like their new uh, casting for Pinhead and all, all that stuff. Just, yeah, did one, one of the best of the Hellraiser movies. What did you think of the acting? Uh, it was all good. It was all good. Yeah, I, I thought that they did um, some decent character work, gave us some varied characters. Uh, they had a bit of a, a twist at the end that I could see coming a mile away, but I still thought it was all done in a satisfactory way. And for the longest time, Hellraiser had kind of just completely lost its way and forgotten what the whole point of the franchise was with this whole mixture of um, pain and pleasure being indivisible. There's a huge element of kind of the extremes of S&M culture that that first movie was kind of trying to discuss but then almost every other movie just completely abandoned that element and they brought a little bit of that back in this one so it's still not quite as as deep as i would like them to go but i appreciate that they're at least remembering that that was a part of the franchise after forgetting it for i don't know like 10 films jeez uh <laughs> what what did you yeah, sorry what did you think of some the special effects uh, they were they were quite good um pretty cool they really, uh, they they did this thing where when you open the puzzle box now, like, hell kind of opens up around you, but in, like, subtle ways. And I thought all that stuff was really cool. Um, really inventive for a franchise that's been so stagnant with that stuff. So I really appreciated all the new changes in that regard. And they also did this thing where the puzzle box, instead of being one configuration that you open... Every time you open it, it uh, changes into a new thing. So it's not just one box, it, it's all these different designs. And all that stuff I thought was really cool, and I was stunned that we've never uh, thought to do that up to this point after so many films. It's like, wow, such a small thing, such a small idea can add so much more to the story. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, where... I don't remember what your feelings were on the Chucky film, like the recent Child's Play uh, film. Mm. Um, but it seems I'm, I'm happy to hear that like this is a lot better than like say the the Spiral spinoff, I guess if you want to call it, and then the uh, yeah the Halloween the three I guess Halloween forty movies. <laughs> yep, I definitely liked them. Liked it more than them. Um, what did you think of the editing? Yeah, there was a couple moments where it felt choppy. There was a couple moments where I was like, ooh, things feel like they're moving a little bit too quick and some of the dots aren't quite connecting the way they should. But yeah, so that that was a little bit of a weakness. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and it did feel too long as well. I felt like they could have shaved off like seven minutes. <laughs> That's, well, quite a specific number. Do you remember how long <laughs> it was? Mm, I think it was two hours almost on the dot, I wow, believe. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, and closer to, to 145 would have been a lot better, I think. But. <laughs> of course. Um, cinematography. How was the cinematographer and the lighting? Oh, it looked great. Um, it did look like a modern director streaming movie. Uh, it had moments where it was way too dark throughout the movie. 
That just seems to be a, a common issue with modern cinematography over the past few years. I don't know what that is. There was um, several moments where I actually turned up the brightness on my TV because I was like, okay, like, I don't want to watch this scene not knowing what's going on. <laughs> so I, I turned up my brightness. But but otherwise, I think it was a really good looking movie. Um, music. What did you think of the music, sir? Oh, they 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 brought back some of the the old themes, which is something that I've always wished that they would have done because that first movie had some gorgeous music, and they just abandoned it after that. They never used one of the great hallmarks that they could have used to elevate the rest of those shitty films. This time, they finally brought it back, and that really helped kind of set you in the, the Hellraiser space. And they did some really beautiful uses of just uh, subtle chords coming into, like when the hell space would open up, these like subtle pieces of theme played almost as like uh, diegetic sounds that the characters were hearing, like the, the bells of hell kind of coming to them. I thought that was really uh, smart. It added a, a more ominous tone to the themes. All right. Uh, any scares? Did any any scares stand out for you? Where you're like, oh, that's creepy. Um, some good creepy visuals for the uh, the Cenobites, which are like the the demons that come out of the box, the the pleasure and pain torturers. I thought some of those are pretty cool designs, but creepy, hmm, not really. Fair enough. Um, I guess you already gave your like best thing and worst thing, eh? Yeah, just bringing new ideas to a, a very stagnant series and. Making it feels feel like there's uh, places to go in the future. Because for the longest time, that every new installment, it's just like, okay, this feels like it's only existing to maintain the rights, to trick an audience into paying for something that isn't a Hellraiser movie that they only slapped a title onto, and then like five minutes of a character. Because this is one of those franchises where they very clearly bought other scripts, and they're like, okay. Uh, we don't want to make this movie on its own. It wouldn't be able to stand up. Let's just do a few tweaks and then call it a Hellraiser sequel. And that that stuff is just toxic for a, a franchise. So Glorious. Yes. Caleb, where do they go from here? Like, if they've if they've kind of won the, the, the game again, like if they won the, the ball back, where, where could they go from here? Do they go up? Or do they, like, do they, can they go bigger? Or do they remain smaller? And be like, all right, let's hold back. Let's let's not go too far. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is um, I mean, what what they could do, which would be cool, is just ignore this film and then continue off on another film, bring completely new things to the franchise. Because this one set up very key rules that this movie plays by in terms of what the puzzle box does. And I don't think that you could very satisfyingly uh, recreate that in a sequel. Because then it would just be kind of going down the same beats again. So if they could just treat the puzzle box as something that you can kind of remake and do something new with every time, I think that'd be a really cool way to keep the franchise going. More as like an anthology or something. Alright, future directors listening to our podcast. You know the drill. Yeah, good luck. I mean, <laughs> who knows? I, I, I'm as, very, as excited as I was and as shocked as I was. I still have the uh, the itch that, or the paranoia that the next time I'm just going to be portrayed again with some more cheap-to-video crap. But I guess with streaming now, the, that market, I don't know if it really exists in the same way. 
to just pump out just crap like that just to keep the rights like really cheap stuff i don't know if, if that has much uh room in the current market but i don't know yeah um i got oh yeah no i'm pretty much good for there so uh anything else you want to say before we move on oh no I, i'm good all right so caleb about last night <laughs> oh yes yeah isaac uh came over and we had an old school uh, hangout like we used to have back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah, we uh, we watched a film that we mentioned during our our Avatar the Way of Water discussion, which is Gemini Man. So you're curious to watch a film fully in in high frame rate, not just little select pieces like uh, James Cameron did. Uh-huh, which I like like I said, I still hope that his next films just go full on high frame rate cuz I think it would make him a lot better and less jarring for some people, I'd say, but that's just me. Yeah, and I'm curious, so I'll, I'll set the table here for this, because uh, when I heard that James Cameron was doing that for his next film, I was like, oh man, like really? Like the last time I saw a movie in high frame rate was the first Hobbit movie in the theater. And I was like, oh, I remember it being so jarring and weird. I was like, ah, but I'm kind of curious. Maybe I will check out a fully, uh, or I'll check out what's available on 4K to see what I can get a sampling of. And the only thing I could find was this movie, uh, Gemini Man. I, I Ang Lee also had his other movie. I can't remember what it's called. The one right before Gemini Man. He also released in high frame rate. Life of Pi? No, it was some, some more movie. Um, but I couldn't find the disc. I, it was like sold out at the time or something. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just watch Gemini Man. And when I watched it, I was kind of like, mm, something about this looks like, uh, it just doesn't look cinematic. It doesn't look like a movie. It feels more like like a YouTube video or something with, with actors in it. And for me, I, it felt like it made the performances feel weird. It felt more like they were uh, actors in a movie playing roles rather than characters in a movie or ex existing in the movie, if that makes sense. Um, on my second viewing, I, I felt some of that soften a little bit, but I'm curious what you thought of that in terms of the uh, cinematicness and yeah, how'd that come across? Well, uh, first off, I'm feeling it. Uh, I really like this movie. I really love this movie. I think um, it was a different kind of filming technique. Maybe not filming technique, excuse me, but they were definitely using a different kind of camera. And I think there's nothing wrong. I, this is still a film. I think this is 100% a film. It has a basic action movie plot. A dime sword dozen. Like any like, <laughs> you know, uh, direct-to-video. Something like what Scott Atkins would do with, with action. Although he's, you know, I, I think he's like, you know, a little better when it comes to action, of course. I think he actually cares. <laughs> um... Trust me, there's there's people on the market that actually do care about this. It's not, this is not the equivalent of like a Seagal film uh, or Bruce Willis uh, direct-to-video movie. Okay, this is higher than that stuff, even though it is an official movie. Um, I think this has personality, and I I don't know. I think it's it's even though it's a violent movie, it doesn't feel like a violent movie. If that makes sense, it, there there feels like it feels like there's hope by the end of the film for me. Um, again, it's it's you know basic movie shouldn't matter but i think what ang lee brings to the table he somehow like 
and whatever this, even though that's a generic script, I think he makes it work really well. Yeah, and I, I'll comment on the my thoughts in the film too, uh, a little bit later. But I'm curious about the the 4K or sorry, the uh, high frame rate element. High frame rate, that's true. Uh, so the human eye cannot even can, can we even see? Was it can we see in 24 frames? I, f- I forget or like the equivalent of it, whatever it's called. Um, whatever it is, obviously. You can't see in like 60 FPS like it's in gaming. Um, I don't uh-huh. game in 60 frames per second, by the way, because I don't have a, you know, a computer with, you know, all the latest specs as to whatever that is. But I do know what 60 FPS looks like and what 48 frames per second, per second also looks like if you watch YouTube, as hence what Caleb said. So I'm aware of it. Yes, it does look better. Sometimes I'm not always like you know what. Sometimes I could I could I could do without it. I'm not a PC snob uh, or PC. Even though PC is master race, I'm not in that stage yet. I'm like I can live with 30 FPS sometimes. No, I don't play COD. But as for this movie, as for this movie, sorry. I very much enjoyed the 48 frames per second. In fact, I think it added to the action. I think it made the action way better. Than it would. I do not want to see this in like regular 24 frames per second. I only want to see this in 48 frames per second. I think this was a ton of fun. Um, I think it made the movie even more have more personality because of it. Um, and I, I definitely want to see more frame uh, movies with high frame rate. Could you imagine if Hardcore Henry was 48 frames? Golly, I don't even want to know what that would be like. Yeah, no, I don't even want to begin to imagine. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. That's definitely yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> that's that's a take. Yeah, and I I think it was actually more than uh, forty eight frames per second. I'm trying to figure, find out how exactly how much it was, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was higher than that. Really? Uh, let me see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it may have been. Yep, there it is. In this, uh, it's it, most of it was. Oh wait, what is this now? It's confusing. Some of it was 120 frames per second. Well, that just seems crazy. Yeah, maybe some of the action scenes later on were that were that way, but I never felt it. It never felt um, too much of a head rush. I didn't feel nauseated. I did nothing. Like especially since I downed a bunch of popcorn beforehand, I was like, or not beforehand, but while watching the film, so I didn't feel sick or nauseous at all. Like I just watched it normally. Like. The most that, well, I don't know, I, just, I watched with, you know, blue light filter glasses, and that's it. <laughs> Maybe that helped, I don't know, but, like, I think it, it, again, I didn't I didn't feel bothered by it. Maybe it's, I don't know if there's, like, an epilepsy warning. I think there's some scenes where people have to be, like, careful. There's I don't think there was much flashing light. Like, obviously, when, like, uh, cloned Will Smith has his, like, uh, night vision goggles on, then the flare activates. I mean, like... Sure, that could be, like, epilepsy warning-ish, but, like, that's kind of... I mean, that's, that's what happens when you put a flare in front of night vision goggles. <laughs> it's extreme light source that is all of a sudden introduced to the goggles, and they can't, like, uh, react fast enough to, like, you get blinding lights. So, anyways, sorry. Yeah, I'll say, uh, uh, the version that we watched last night was 60 frames per second the whole way through. Felt but like For the it. people in the, the theater... Um, at times it would jump between 60 to 120 frames. Wow. So that may have made a difference for, for some of the, the cinema viewers. Yeah. 
That is interesting. Yeah, and I will say I've definitely heard people throw around the uh, the whole the human eye can't perceive uh, sixty frames or higher. <laughs> but that's that's more of a, a myth. That's that's not really true. No, that's true. Yeah, they say that some some people say that the high end that we can perceive is ninety frames per second, but even that is not necessarily uh, fully the case. It just becomes more difficult to perceive anything higher than that. We still can't perceive it. It just becomes more of a blur. Yeah, no, I, 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 obviously I'm one of those people who believe in that myth, even though I'm the guy that doesn't like the myth of like, are you only use 10% of your brain? I'm like, ugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm a clueless person in that sense. Um, no, but when you, when you look in real life, at least I, what I'm seeing right now, it's not 60 FPS to me. I mean, maybe it is, but it's not the same way a computer pro like processes it and handles it. Excuse me. Yeah, and of course, uh, it's it's a, a strange way to look at reality because, of course, the things we're seeing aren't in frames. It's just uh, just smooth motion in reality. Yeah, it's there's yeah there's no in between frames unless you take a picture yes. from the camera. <laughs> the whole frames per second came from because of cameras. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about the way that the motion moves, and especially. This is the, the biggest issue that I find, is the way that light's perceived with high frame rate films. Uh, especially when we were watching Avatar 2, I thought it the, was the most jarring. Because we would constantly jump between uh, 24 frames to 48 frames. And I you could see the way that the light fell on the characters' faces. It, it changed very dramatically between those bits. And this whole movie, I think that's one of the reasons that it didn't feel very cinematic to me. And do you remember the scene where that was in black and white? <laughs> Of uh, Will Smith's character with his dad putting him in the water and then his mom jumping in. Do you, do you remember that scene? Yes, I do. I thought that especially, the the 40 or the, the 60 frames, it just looked really strange trying to make it look in black and white. Something about that looked really phony to me. I, I assume you know what they were trying to do, go for, like he was about to drown. Yes, yes, of course. And, okay. and the, the, the darker... Or the desaturated black and white was meant to, you know, of course, hint to it being the past. Which was needless, because of course it's the past. Um, but, yeah, because of course, people don't exist in black and white in reality. You know, so to, to see that, to see it presented in something that feels so much more real. And then the black and white filter over it just looks really, I thought, just weird and bad. But again, I don't know if you, it's, it sounds like we perceive the movie very differently in that way. I certainly can see from your perspective with the lighting. Do you think it's an issue of trying to get... We have to finick around with the camera work, potentially? Like, we again, we need more R&D on it. Like, there's a way to adapt the lighting, almost, and, and adjust the lighting to this to make it look normal. Air quotes, so it is cinematic. Or... Or do you think that's not possible? Well, it could be. It could very well be. Um... I don't know if there's any shots in this movie that I thought looked well lit. Um, in fact, we had a, we both discussed kind of the, the issues with some of the extremely low lit scenes, where it was difficult to, everything looked way too dark. Um, and I don't know if that was an issue of just the movie being too dark or maybe a bad print, or if it was just the difficulties in lighting for, for high frame rate. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to see what they do with it in the future of the technology. But I, nothing that I've seen so far, tells me that it's 
that it's going to be great for films. It work. It works well with uh, things like sports. Sports have been done in high frame rate for, I don't know, ever since the the advent of uh, HD television, they've been doing that. So, but for for films, I I don't know. I I don't know how well that works for a cinematic quality. I will I will say that it. I think it depends on the movie, and I think for a small movie like this one, maybe it's small, but like. Yeah, small, also, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I didn't feel like this movie was too long. By the way, maybe maybe that's just you, but like I, or no. I, I personally didn't think this was a long movie, and it was it overstayed its welcome. I think it did what it needed to do, and I felt it used every bit of its time perfectly. I think um, it goes on a little bit. That little extended uh, epilogue, which isn't that extended. Um, I thought that that was a little bit too long. Like when when they're visiting him at the the college, I was like, mm. yeah. But overall, if I, if I'm gonna give my 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 full thoughts in the movie, I think it was better on a second viewing. Um, the story is pretty basic. The uh, some of the acting throughout feels a little bit, especially from Will Smith. I don't know, it just feels a little weird. It doesn't really feel like a a good performance. It just feels like kind of a bland one. Well, it's the thing of like, oh, it's just Will Smith pre. Oscars 2022. Um, well, I, I don't care about the Oscars. I, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, um, it's context. Uh, but it's Will Smith doing Will Smith. Like he's just playing himself at this point. He's become a caricature of his own self. And yeah, and, the, and and I don't know if that's like made worse because of the high frame rate because it looks so much like a, like it's peeking into real life. Because King Richard, I thought he was quite good in that movie. I, I if it didn't feel like just Will Smith playing will smith it felt like a real character this one I, I just didn't get there and a lot of the dialogue i thought felt just really paint by numbers especially his kind of character stuff i was like okay this it's like yeah generic action movie character he's got he's 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 over the hill he's he's seen too much and it's time to end it and then him trying to move his uh clone version of himself into a better direction i was like eh you know it's that stuff wasn't a strong suit but i think in terms of the action a lot of that stuff was really really good and kinetic i love that big chase scene on the the bikes i thought that was really cool um, but i think this uh this high frame rate does complement action quite well um the, the only complaint i would have for the action though is that at times it felt like it was way too up close to the actors and that didn't uh, help the movie necessarily. And I thought it actually damaged the lighting too because I thought some of the scenes were too dark because the camera was so close to them that they couldn't really, uh, the light couldn't really even get to the camera properly in order for it to perceive them as lit. So I was like, ah, that's that's just, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe Ang Lee could have pulled back. Fair enough. I, I thought that with like dialogue, I've seen worse, or I've heard worse, and it, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was like a breath of fresh air for me, but like, I very much enjoyed the dialogue, um, it, it feels like it should be just a generic action movie, well, it is a generic action movie, but I think there's just something more to it, like, we don't see this, these many movies, again, this is like an 80s action movie almost in a way. Like, done properly, at least. Like, 
like I was saying, I was comparing this a lot to like the Predator, especially with um, how do you say her last name by the way? I know the first names. What's what's her last name again? Olivia Munn. No, 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 no. The the, the actor in this movie. Oh, um, oh yeah. What is her name from uh, Death Proof and the Thing? Ah, let me quickly grab Death Proof. It's right beside me. Yeah, go ahead. Remember it. <laughs> oh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Okay, so it is Winstead. Okay, so Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a much better character uh, than Olivia Munn's character was in The Predator. Like, hundred percent. Like throughout, even though I I like, why are you comparing those two? Because it's just it's The Predator for us. Like we, it's 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 our it's our movie. What are you what are you talking about? Um, and so I think she like for some reason I, I would be like maybe annoyed with her kind of sidekick character not not her like like the actor but just like that sidekick character I think she needs to be in the film and I think she has exactly is, is like a perfect role in the I don't know I just I liked it a lot I liked, liked her a lot I think she works I think uh, Wang from Doctor Strange works as well my complaint is that he doesn't take I wish they showed a moment of like uh, during the wrap up of Will Smith kind of like remembering and giving remembrance to his fallen comrades. I kind of wish that had happened before we saw Junior at college, but that's just me. Yeah, and I guess that can take us since I mentioned Junior to uh, the CGI of the uh, the de aging of Will Smith to the uh, the younger Will Smith. And I remember before, before the movie came out, there was all these people complaining about, "Oh, this is a vanity project." He's, oh, he just wants to put his youthful self on the screen again. I don't know. I think the I think there's some folks that just hate Will Smith. I'm not in that camp. <laughs> I uh, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't. It, but it's I do think that um, it was maybe a mistake. I I don't think the technology was ready yet in 2019. And there's some moments that I think look good, but the majority of the moments I think look not great and it looks more creepy than a, it does a real person. Well, I would say that from my eyes, um, this was the best, the face, um, replacement technology can honestly be, or I guess the aging can honestly be, um, Way better than, I guess, you know, both Tarkin and Leia in Rogue One, of course. Um, I guess I could say way better than Tony Stark in Civil War, if you remember that bit at all. Yeah, this this feels a little bit like uh, this bad thing looks better than these two bad things. No. <laughs> it's comparing, of course, but... Alright, but personally speaking, I liked it. I thought what Weta artists did was amazing. And certainly set us up for something later on. Again, don't worry, I won't you know, compare. But I think it held up. Yes, there's bits where it doesn't it does, but it doesn't it doesn't take me out of it like you do. It's probably because I play games, okay? And games will try so hard to get photorealistic, and yet they're gonna fall flat in their face somehow because at the end of the day, it's mechanics we want, not graphics. <laughs> It's not true it is graphics really that we want but it's mechanics sometimes that is the better of the two i think that the i i liked what they attempted i think it works obviously there's faults with it but like that's with anything still 
give it another like 10, 15 years and we'll probably have either perfected it or at least standardized it to like fuel a standard audience. I think a standard person who's not looking at it will not be like you and be like, oh, it looks awful. I think otherwise, sir. I think I think a standard audience person will just be like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't notice any difference. Really? Wow. I, I don't. I think so. I can't I think those with the untrained eye will definitely be fooled by the sleight of hand. Yeah, and, and it's I do play video games, and I, I can completely accept that stuff in that world. It's just when you put something like that next to a human being, you can just you can tell that that's not a real person, and that makes it jarring. Because it's like uh, it's yeah, I, I just don't want that thing. That's clearly not a human being interacting with human beings and everyone's acting like it is. That just, that takes me out of the movie because I can't accept the reality of it when I see that thing. But it's definitely, if you want to compare, uh, you know, this bad thing's better than this bad thing. It's definitely come a long way since Tron Legacy because that is just one of the absolute worst examples. And it was like, wow, it, it was some poor thought on the filmmakers to even think it was ready for, for any sort of release at that point. And yet they put in a, theatrical film that's just that's just crazy i'm surprised it pro- probably will never happen because like who's gonna uh, revive that project but i'm surprised that nobody at disney has decided to try to update that film now i wonder if they could do yeah. that hmm. that is interesting and, yeah. and only release it on disney plus and be like hey guys look at what we like secretly did that looks like way better like oh my goodness let's go um oh and yeah because I'm the action guy of, of the uh, b- between the duo of us the duo between us excuse me um, this was some freaking awesome action my goodness like yes there was shaky cam but again I kept I kept looking closely and I was like no this is not the definition that Caleb wants of like you can't see any like it's so it's so jittery you can't see like you know what you, you can't make out everything uh, that's solid. I'm like, I could see everything that's solid, and I literally was like paying attention. I was like, no, I can see that properly. No, I can see that properly. I can see everything that properly. Like, I think the high frame rate honestly helped with the action, like you said, especially how like fast and kinetic some of the um, like the clone was. Man, that was, oh, it was so much fun. Like, I really enjoyed the action, and it was just nice to see. Um, Ang Lee bringing in his ideas of keeping the camera like in certain places and not cutting uh, so often. Excuse me. Yes, you have you have to cut. I'm not saying that, but I like the fact that he chose his shots, which was nice. Yeah, I did feel um, like I mentioned. Sometimes the action was too close, and it would feel like the the shaky cam would come from the camera just whipping around trying to keep up. So that wasn't intentional, like shaky cam for aesthetic effects. It was shaky cam of just things moving so quickly that the camera's like has to pull back and jerk around. Especially in the early few fight scenes, like there was that one in the uh, the boathouse with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Either that had the, some of the worst examples of the shaky cam. But overall, it, it was not a an issue for that movie. I don't think. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I think. It's- Looking back on it, yeah, I think you're right that some of the stuff in that early part was a bit shaky, but I don't think it was like... I think it's better shaky cam than most other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Most other action movies, but fair enough. To not compare, sure. Was was shaky, but 
I don't know. It didn't bother me. Yeah, no, I don't think it was a. Yeah, I don't think it was an issue for this one. But yes, when you see Junior in bright daylight, you realize why they darken the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll give you that. But it didn't take me out fully. I will say that. I was not taken out. But I am not an average audience member, so. Yeah, I was definitely taken out throughout. Um, what did you feel uh, our old pal, or at least my old pal, uh, uh, what's his last name now? Colin, uh, oh, which one is he? Where's my Children of Men disc? I can't remember his last name. Oh, you mean Clive Owens? Clive, Clive, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Clive Owen. Yeah, how'd you, uh, how'd you think he came across in that one? Um, well, I kind of joke that, like, what is this, uh, th what is this whole movie? Another attempt at making a J Jason Bourne film? Because <laughs> it's, it's government... And they want to make, like, a new breed of soldiers. I don't think that's what the Bourne Identity was about. But, like, I'm just saying, like, if he feels like he's the leader in charge of an organization within the military that's, you know, trying to do some scrupulous things by cloning people and making soldiers super soldiers, I guess, and not actually doing anything like illegal i guess or not legal well okay legal, I guess, but like <laughs> yeah he's he's not torturing other country people like really all he's doing is human experimentation i guess with like cloning without consent like secret cloning facility they don't really go into the whole like they, they delve into the science briefly but they don't go into like we don't see uh junior will as like a test tube baby or something like that. We don't we don't see that. But I'm also okay with that because if you're a science fiction fan like I am, you'll you've seen plenty of other clone stuff and you're like, alright, I'm okay with this. Like, they don't have to bring everything up. I get they they mentioned Dolly Dolly the Sheep, excuse me, from <laughs> the nineties, which was I like I like that as a reference because that was true. She didn't live for long, but still we succeeded at playing God. But like no, I can I can live with you know this this pseudoscience. I, I I bought it. I was okay with it. But as for sorry, Clive Owens himself, yeah, he was he was there. <laughs> he offered himself as the the bad guy. Maybe you'd say like the weakest part of the film, but I don't know if it was yes. because of Clive Owens. I think it was just that character. I mean, they what they tried to do was obviously you know they they, they attached the clone to him as like a as a son. As a, as you know, as he, is his son or his dad to him, he raised him, and this is interesting. Where they actually, it's not a clone where it accelerated in age. It literally is like you know, fairly re fairly realistic like clone that ages over time like a normal human being. So mm -hmm. by the time you know it's 2019, I guess the character is like 19 or 20 years old because they said it like was cloned in like 95 or six or whatever it was. So. Like, okay, no, that, that makes sense. So, they really did try to, you know, attach the... That, that's the whole reason the clone is there, is trying to, I guess, replace the old one. Well, give, it, give an excuse, basically, to replace the old one uh, to, the, to the originator. But yeah, he's he just, in the end, is just generic bad guy. But that really yeah. wasn't what I was looking for. I wasn't really looking for 
generic bad guy. I was really just looking for, you know, some action. And I pretty much got it, which I was uh, pleased with. Yeah, and I, as a fan of Clive and I've, I've been disappointed with him lately with, because uh, he played that bland bad guy in this movie, and he played the same kind of bland bad guy in Valerian in the City of the Thousand Planets. It felt Oof. like the same performance. It felt like collecting a paycheck. And it's it's tough with that kind of role. I mean, those bland bad guys, there's really not much to do with them. So maybe you can't judge them too much, but I did think that was a shame. Oh, don't worry. I'm not judging Owens. I'm judging the character. I'm like, it's yeah, generic yeah. bad guy. Like Owens could have brought something to it. Um, but yeah, it, there, there could have been more, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe like that wasn't a priority of Lee, Lee's or the script. I have no idea. Yeah, and I'll say, uh, I think the thing that I find the strongest for the movie is I always like movies that uh, feel like a travel log where they really, they go to a lot of places and they, they complement the settings that they're in by giving us some some cool set pieces and stuff to really bring out the locations. And I think this movie had a number of, of good ones. Um, especially the, uh, where was it, where they had all the, the skulls? In the, the catacombs, was that Paris? I can't remember. Uh, that was Hungary. That was Hungary, I believe. Hungary. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I loved the uh, the initial chase with the bikes, like I mentioned. I think all that stuff was, was just a lot of fun. Um, but but overall, the movie feels like it would be much more forgettable if it wasn't for this high frame rate um, kind of gimmick. And it's, it's not so much a gimmick for Ang Lee. It does seem like he thinks this is the future for, for films. And he's probably going to keep keep making his movies this way. Um, but it's it's one of the assets that makes this movie stand out more than it probably should. Because it's really not that great, in my opinion. But, uh, but for your, your thoughts on it there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of excited to see if Cameron does... 48 frames or 60 frames for his next films. Uh, I really hope that. But as for this film, yeah, I'm feeling it with high frame rate. Um, just, I think we need to still R&D it for whoever does it next. Because uh, we're not going to... You got to tweak with it. So, it, you know, again, like I said, doesn't look scuffed. Because, uh, again, I think I think we'll make it. But as for this film, I, I it was a great introduction for... Uh, that I, I would say definitely watch it if you have a if you have a, uh, a 4K TV of, or an OLED TV, definitely watch this um, and give it a taste of like ew this is disgusting no or yeah why not I could I could see this going somewhere I'm not saying I want every movie to be this way but I certainly don't have a problem with some movies being this way mm. like I don't I don't want this to replace film like geez don't worry I'm just like open to another aspect of, of film if that makes sense and this is just another aspect of film but it should not replace it should not replace film like you know CGI has replaced 2D animation yeah that's that's fair I'm uh, sorry I was just looking to see if there's anything coming oh my goodness oh no looks like uh, Andy Serkis is going to be once again returning to the director's chair uh, and he's going to be making a an animated version of Animal Farm, another one, and he's planning to shoot that in high frame rate. So that's uh, that's interesting. Wait, there's a there's another, as in like there was a 
previous version of Animal Farm before? Yeah. Yeah, 50s uh, animated film. Oh. Why did I think of Animal Crossing? Oops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Part of the video game series, Animal Crossing. Upcoming, I, yeah. Why did my brain immediately say, like, Animal Crossing? I'm like, what? When was there an Animal Crossing film? Oh. Oops. Yeah, Animal Farm. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some Animal Crossing animated movie out there. Direct-to-video, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see, but, like... But, yeah, I guess that's coming. So there's there's another one for us, potentially before uh, next Avatar. Well, we'll uh, hopefully get... We'll get the uh, animated film out at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I guess to move on to potentially our final of the uh, the topics here for this the speakeasy. Oh, don't worry. I have some other topics I want to talk about. But yes, at least the one that you and I shared. Yeah, Sister Street Fighter, Hanging by Thread. We watched that together last night as well. So, usually he has the, the old... Uh, he has the old um, sticky note in his cases to determine what you know time he watched it, uh, and didn't seem like he had the sticky note to the first Sister Street Fighter movie that we had watched previously. But I'm pretty sure we had last watched that, and I think either 2019 or 18. It was it was at your old place. Yeah, yeah, my old place. I'm not sure when. Yeah, my, my book, uh, I stopped updating the, the sticky notes um, around, let me see here. Uh, it was around August, August of 2020, it looks like. Interesting. So we started in 2020, it seems. Yeah, I really, t oh, actually, here it is, right there. It's on that exact page. <laughs> so, yeah, we watched it on uh, August 16th, 2020. Wow, that's so really? funny. <laughs> that's the next one. Because I keep, uh, I've been going through it slowly. I go page by page and make the sticky notes. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. I remember now. No, I remember now. No, I, I definitely remember when we watched it last. No, I remember now. Because we were still, we were finishing off all of Star Wars in 2020. We'd watched, yeah, I, I remember now. Nope, I remember now. That makes sense. Yeah, um, we watched it on the same day that we also watched Horrors of Malformed Men. So, so that's funny. So that's why I was thinking about the ending of that fight scene where they were on the uh, the cliff side, even though there was no fight scene in that in the island island of Malfour Men. Yeah, still, I, I, that's such a funny coincidence. Too. That is, if so only I would have updated it a day earlier. <laughs> I think we watched <laughs> Malfour Men in like 2019. I forgot it was 2020. Jeez, I remember the film. I just forgot that it was that point. Jeez, I'm coolest. No, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it certainly has been. Those were both good films. Uh, actually, no. I. Okay, actually, no. Sorry, I take that back. The first Sister Street Fighter felt a little flat for me. Not terrible, but just like ah, this is what I was thinking of. This one though, this one hanging by a thread. Oh, this was an awesome film. Yeah, I even wrote a bit disappointing but fun for, for the first Sister Street Fighter. This one was definitely better. Save for one. One save for one or two bits. There was big. Well, okay, fair enough. Yeah, there was there was like one half sexual assault scene that was kind of unpleasant. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then almost immediately after that is when we got the extra bad scene. 
no, like, like, I don't, I, I have no words to describe it other than just like it cannot, like it should make the film an A rating. Like it, it should be, yeah, no, it should make the film immediately A rated or X. Sorry, not, not video games. That's that's for video games, but you know, it's an X rating. Yeah, and I did mention to Brianna because uh, we'll, we'll we'll explain what we're talking about in a second here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. No, of course. Yeah, I explained that to her, and she was like, mm, "Maybe, maybe you guys are just wrong." Because uh, we have a scene where it's in this pimp's office and they they stand in front of this picture. And they're probably standing in front of the picture for like three minutes or something like that. Yep. And the picture very much looks like um, like a preteen girl nude laid out on a couch looking kind of uh, uncomfortable. And it's a horrible photo. Um, and we were both disturbed and didn't really know what to say and... We it kind of kept coming up throughout the rest of the movie. We kind of mentioned like, oh yeah, remember that photo? Like, ooh, like if only that wasn't there, it, it kind of soured the movie slightly. Um, but Brianna meant, said like maybe maybe she just looked like she was that, but she was really eighteen. So we can hope that's true. I don't know. She certainly didn't look it. Ow! There's there's a lot of eighteen year olds that look like they could be like fifteen, but this kid looked younger than fifteen. <laughs> my eyes like you have to show brianna that to tell like to confirm like that is a i'm young... good i don't need to watch i know that you, you, don't, you should no you don't need to but like that is a like under nine years old girl wow that's yeah caucasian girl by the way i have to make that clear it was a caucasian girl not an asian or japanese girl but like yeah it was it was very unexpected and, and disturbing and it i just wish that was, wasn't in there that it was evil like that is yeah pure evil what i saw and i'm like i kind of legit hope that was in post because i hope that no guy in that room it was i was i was hoping that it wasn't there and it was added afterwards oh come on in that room because because i'm just like where the flip did that originate from that's what i was wondering too i was like where that's a that's a big print where did they get that like i don't want i don't want to know the history of like that photo but how did it wind up on the set that's just and that's the thing with exploitation. Uh, J- Japanese exploitation is filled with really ugly uh, rape stuff, and I and American exploitation too. And I think that they just they didn't really realize in the same way. They just thought it was an excuse for a way to shock an audience. But th- that that was a, a shock that shouldn't have been done. That's just way way over the line. Well, c- congratulations, you you shocked me. Like this is this is worse than any of the okay maybe okay sorry that's, that's terrible like not not terrible but like that's not a fair comparison but like this is worse than anything in any of the female scorpion female prisoner scorpion films that I had seen up to this point yeah because those, those ones at least are actors you know that they're you know they're consenting that's that's like well hopefully consenting it looked like a kid in that and that's that that just yeah that's it was really fucked up. <laughs> You know, I'll mention this. Um, I watched a, a little while ago this this exploitation British exploitation film called No Blade of Grass. Really cool movie. Um, it's a, a post-apocalypse movie. It's a little bit hippie-ish, but uh, and it was a pretty had a pretty cool kind of atmosphere to it. This really grim kind of uh, documentary feel to it. But there was two moments in it that both of them just caught me off guard, and they almost soured the movies too. One of them was this horrible rape scene 
Um, it was horrible because they played like this really chaotic, like experimental rock music that felt just completely tasteless over it. And they're doing all these weird camera effects and flashes. And so it's like, don't use this this really ugly rape scene to try to be all stylish and cool when you're just it just feels so callous. But what was worse than that, just in terms of my my shock, is partway through the movie, uh, this dad is remembering his his wife giving birth, and then we cut to a real live birth, and it didn't look like it, it looked like it was like a home birth, but it was real, and yeah, we we see right there the dilated vagina and the kid coming out and all this blood everywhere, and I was like, whoa, like I was not expecting this movie to just suddenly show me this really really bloody gross image like that and I, I thought about it for days afterwards it's just like oh like i just didn't need that i was just trying to enjoy the movie and then you throw this stuff in there and i imagine i'm gonna have that same thing with sister street fighter hanging by a thread i i'm sure that i'm gonna just keep thinking about that and be like wow i just really didn't need to have that in my day <laughs> yeah that's um yeah. That's graphic. That, like, the last thing you said about, like, basically live birth, that is super graphic. I, I and I have an issue with blood. I'll just say, I, when I see blood, it makes me feel nauseous. And, yeah, seeing the, when the baby came out, there was lots of blood everywhere. And I was just like, oh, like, come on. Like, did not need that. And what's worse is they, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not like I could look away because... When they first showed the the kid coming out, and I was like, "Wait, is that a real baby?" Then I was like, "Oh, I don't want to see this," and I kind of looked away. And then we cut away from the pregnancy, and we didn't come back for it for like two minutes. And then once they come back to it, it's a quick flash, and then we see the baby coming out and the blood everywhere. I was like, "Oh no!" Like I couldn't even prepare myself. So that was very jarring as well. <laughs> yeah, um, like I mean, if you're if you're a doctor or a nurse. Um, you know, who, who is in the birth wing or pardon me, whatever the labor wing, whatever maternity wing, I, I, I forget what it's called in hospitals, but if you're there, it's natural. It's normal. It's, you mm -hmm. know, it's not portrayed as graph. I mean, it's just, it's just a birth. Like you get, I don't know if it's desensitized, but you just get, you get used to it. You get, you get used to it. It's not as, you could say it's graphic, but it's not the intent that if you were watching was supposed to make you feel uncomfortable yeah yeah and that's as much as i'm a fan of exploitation films i always have to steal myself going in because you never know what you're gonna get they're they play fast and loose and that's part of what makes them uh, exciting and, and interesting but it can definitely burn you <laughs> can definitely burn you bad i don't know about that man i don't know dude i think <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, uh, that's something else. And, and, and the movie is really cool. I I would definitely recommend uh, checking out No Blade of Grass. Just prepare yourself for yeah one really ugly rape scene, and seeing yeah a live birth on screen, and a ton of dead animals. There's dead animals all over the place in that movie. Oh, golly, what the flip? Already dead. Um, not uh, this isn't like uh, a movie where they kill animals on screen which you'll also find a fuck ton of in exploitation films. But this was just, um, yeah, like animals from farms or slaughterhouses, that kind of thing, yeah, all over the place. Jeez, they killed It's a cool movie. 
recommend it. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, maybe I'm just a weakling, and also like my mar my my priorities are skewed as well. So I can I can believe that I'm compromised. Don't worry, but still, that just seems not no, cool. No, ex exploitation is it's not for everyone. And again, that this movie they made it very clear that no animals are. They actually said no living beings were harmed during the making of this movie. All right, fair enough. But, but there are plenty of exploitation films that, yeah, do not play by that that rule. Um, but but besides the very unpleasant uh, interaction with Sister Street Fighter, there, yeah. I think me and you both came away overall quite positive on. Oh, uh, was aside from the obvious, like, yeah, the. The assault scene, I will say, was tame in comparison to the other stuff that I've seen from you. Yes. So, like, it didn't... It was still ugly, though. Ugly, but it didn't It didn't bother me in a way. I was just like, whatever. Like, it is what it is. The guy's a scumbag, so... And he gets his comeuppance. Yeah, it made it slightly worse because the movie has a very fun kind of live-action cartoon vibe. And then just to see that little like slight uh, assault scene is kind of like mm, this is souring the fun like i really don't need this in here at the same time i was not i shouldn't have not expected it if that makes sense like i, don't know, I was like it's a 70s film she has a sister what is the sister dealing she's dealing with like human trafficking and literally blood diamonds in the butt yeah butt diamonds yeah butt diamonds <laughs> literally not Thankfully, not shoved up the butt, shoved literally, like, cut into the butt. And then, yeah, surgically implanted. Yeah, into the actual, like, glutes. I'm like, okay, clever. I, I see what you did there. Of course, excuse to look at a woman's butt, but, like, it it was never, like, titillating for me. I was like, no, this is, this is like, wrong on so many levels. I know what they were doing it, but I'm like, yeah, this is, this is disgusting. Yeah. And the scarring looked really grody, too. Like, they, they weren't even... It didn't seem like it was intended to be titillating. Maybe it was. I mean, it's hard to tell with these exploitation directors. I mean, there, there's always a kink for somebody out there, but I'm like, that... If it gets to human suffering, and pat beyond, you know... Um, what, did you, what did you call the Xenobites again? It was... Uh, oh, the Cenobites? Oh, um... Yeah, pain and pleasure, indivisible. Yeah, the Xenobites, sorry, Xenobites. The Xenobites, sorry. When it's beyond pain and pleasure, like, when it's past that, and it's, like, just for, yeah, pure pain, and, like, you're just being cruel to, like, another, in, like, living being, I'm like, that's that's where I draw the line. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe in a kink like that. That's, there should be, like, consent and awareness between, like, the parties. Okay, that's, that's, that's my, that's where I stand. Is, is I guess like basic and you know yeah. skewed as my my beliefs are. Oh, but um, for uh, for the sister Street Fighter herself, yes, uh, of course. Sorry, I had to look up her name, Etsuko uh, Shihomi, I think is how you say it. Or good actor that, that last part. Good, good martial arts as well. Yeah, I liked her in her brief uh, appearance in. I think it was the last of the, the regular Street Fighters. I think she showed up in. It was the yeah the four the third one sorry she was there briefly I was like oh is this how they're gonna get in it and then she died I'm like what the fudge yeah. <laughs> and um I I think I enjoyed her in that first one but but this one in particular really she stood out as being just so much fun on screen I I think she was really good in this yeah her, no 
her martial arts skills. You know, she was she was flying those kicks around. I think all that stuff felt pretty fun. And um, I loved all of her assortment of henchmen that she had to go up against. I thought so much of that was just really funny and and cool. Yeah, maybe they were they were they're like I said earlier they were probably like stock characters, but like uh, with with Shin, Shin Ultraman, I mean, but like, dude, they just brought like you know so much like fun fun to it, which was which was awesome. Yeah. Um. Like all it was was like yeah over the top action, but it was fun. Like it was, it was there for it entertained me. Like yeah, the martial arts all don't land and whatnot. Yeah, it's traditional martial arts, but like it was just fun. Like the last movie, I remember something didn't feel right. Like maybe it was like the director's first time, or maybe they were like they didn't know how <laughs> they were gonna do it. But once they like. I take the sister Street Fighter in this movie seriously. I think she is like she can hold her own. Um, I did like the part though that she needed to have help getting like there was like a little like character arc in a way of like at least overcoming this one particular character, one of the returning not returning but a returning actor from I think Street Fighter Two, if I recall. Um, where yeah, oh, yeah, this guy ha- yeah this guy has this the size and he's doing this weird like after image <laughs> effect with the sound of his the size and like so it makes him like you know multiply or whatnot and it gets in her head <laughs> I kind of like that I I did enjoy that but yeah no mm-hmm. it's not like I didn't enjoy her I enjoyed her in the third Street Fighter series uh, you know I was a little disappointed in the first Street Fighter series but it wasn't like I was just like come on she's actually awesome and this one she finally got to display how awesome she was. Yeah, a lot of great costuming as well. I think they uh, they picked the right kind of outfit for her to really make her look distinct. Because Sonny Chiba in, that, in his Street Fighters, I feel like he always had a distinct look to him. And maybe this, hopefully this will be the uh, look for her going forward. Agreed. Uh, I do. I We, we joke that, like, I, I don't remember the first one. Uh, all the details, I mean, all the minor details. I know she fights in, like, a diner at some point. But like, I don't remember if she's from Hong Kong like obviously the the actor is Japanese, but like this the character is supposed to be from Hong Kong. But I'm like, wait, is this the same person from the last film? Because they obviously changed it from Street Fighter because she dies. Is this the same character from the previous film, or is each film going to be like a a different version of her, or like a different <laughs> version of the character played by the same actor? I mean, hey, I guess we'll find out. We still got uh, two more to go. Oh yeah, I'm excited. We will certainly finish that well before the end of the year because I definitely want to see it again. Yeah, and I'm hopeful because uh, even though this one did have a lot of really great kind of violent scenes, really uh, some great like kind of gore scenes, I do wish that they would go back to some of the more inventive stuff from that first Street Fighter. Like like you kept mentioning, when is what are they going to do the X-ray head? Like, that's oh, such yeah. an iconic thing. Even though that was one time, they they only did it one time. <laughs> that was it. Um, but like, I, I I was just joking. I wasn't really being serious. I was like, ah, that's I fine. Know. They don't have to. But like, see, when it's violence, when it's physical violence in like martial arts setting, I I couldn't care less. Like, go ham. Like with the the guy, like the the final dickhead uh, pimp at the end when he got both eyeballs like you know stuck through. I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. That doesn't make me feel grossed out. It's other stuff that grosses me out, of course, or makes me feel uncomfortable. 
Yeah, because that's all fun, cartoony violence. Yeah. When it goes to a, a place of sexual violence, that's just, that's not fun. That's ugly. Or of just pure, like, pornography that shouldn't be allowed. That's when I'm like, no, cross the line, not allowed. Yeah, and that's that's the uh, frustrating thing with uh, exploitation. They, they There's so much sexual assault stuff, and it's like, man, like, I, I just don't get it. Like, wish that we'd be more reserved for things where it's needed, and it plays a part in the story. Instead of just being a cheap way to yeah, introduce some TNA and some violence. I mean, that's that's just a completely wrong way to use something like that. It's too ugly. It's too ugly. Which I then asked, did, did is her sister, not Sister Street Fighter, but Sister Street Fighter's sister. Mm. Saying that a few times fast. Yeah. Was she stu- Was she and her best friend, Sister Street Fighter's best friend, was were both of them stuffed in the fridge? No, I, I, I mean, we, we could discuss that, that trope in general and the way it's used. I, no. <laughs> we won't go that, we won't go into that here. No, but they definitely, they weren't. Okay. That, that's, that's fair. Yeah, one, well, maybe one day we'll, we'll discuss that trope. Well, yeah, that's, together, that's but, not yeah. for here. Like, let's, like, I want to prepare for that one. I don't feel like I have to do my research first with that. Um, so... Even though I enjoyed this film, I don't know if other people would enjoy it. I'm trying to look past, you know, some of the stuff that I did not enjoy of it. But in the end, I very much enjoyed Sister Street Fighter kicking the crap out of a lot of people. Yes, and, and overall, I would say that, yeah, I would also say if you're into this type of movie, if you can handle some more extreme kind of martial arts stuff and some exploitation stuff, I think you get a lot out of this. Um, I... This is a weird thing for me to ask, but I wish that Arrow Video, or actually it was Shout Factory. Yes. I wish that they would have included a version with just like a black, that that scene, that that moment, uh, or that that picture, I should say, blacked out. Yes. Like you could you could include both copies, but have a version where we don't have to see that image because that's yeah, that's it. It puts a, a shadow over the movie that I'll never be able to escape watching it. Like. I, I kind of want an explanation. Like, maybe I'm being way too... Um, I'm being way too... Uh, pri- privileged? Well, like, I, I at least want, like, whose idea was this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even care about the explanation. I just don't want to see it. It's I mean, it's it exists. It happened. It happened many, many years ago. Yeah, it ha- yeah, it's, it happened before I was born, so like I couldn't do anything about it. But I'm just like, I'm sure most of the people involved are dead. <laughs> They're all old. I'm sure many of them are dead, uh, but I just don't want to see yeah, it. And I enjoyed the movie so much that I would love to rewatch it. Yeah, but I'm gonna. I'm not likely to uh, reach for it anytime soon because I'm not gonna want to watch that scene again. It's the same for uh, No Blade of Grass. You know, I. Even though these are very different things, I'm not comparing them. I'm just comparing my uh, reaction of repulsion to those moments. Yes. It was a really cool movie, but uh, I'm like, I don't really want to experience that again. You know, it's... Oof. So. But what else do you have for us as we, as we wind this down a little bit? Yeah, okay. Okay.